The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. Hey everyone, Gary Harding and John Panneries back with you on hour number two of Sports Talk New York here on Long Island's WGBB, 1240 AM and 95.9 FM in downtown Merritt, New York. We are back talking and we're talking hockey. And now if anybody's looking on the live cam, I am wearing my New York Islander Glenn Healy 1989-1990 game-worn jersey. And John and I have been on the air for seven years and I don't know how many times... Other than when we've had Derek and them on the show, that we've actually, you know, devoted time to talking about our crosstown rivals. So we got to put our Ranger caps on. That's all right. But that's okay. Gonna, yeah, exactly. We are fans, we are hockey so. fans first, and we are, and we want to welcome our guest, Colin Stevenson, the Ranger beat writer for Newsday, joining us. Colin, this is Gary and John, and we promise we'll behave for the next twenty-five minutes with you on the show. <laughs> well, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> no Thank problem. You very much for behaving. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on and joining us. Um, so, again, uh, we w- we were hoping to have you on, unfortunately, last month, but you uh, had a game to cover, a preseason game to cover, or a, a practice game to cover. Uh, your yeah. thoughts so far on the uh, first couple of weeks of the season? I know a lot of people, myself included, had this team to be readily improved, and un- unfortunately, I think the numbers haven't done it justice. What are your uh, initial thoughts on the on the season gone so far? Um, well, uh, they, they, I mean, I think a lot of what we all thought, which is still true, right? I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're the youngest team in the league, um, but they have quite a bit of talent. They have the number one pick overall in Alexis Lafreniere, who, uh, is playing and scored his first goal this, uh, this, you know, within the last week, I guess mm-hmm. on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Capo Caco, who was the number two pick overall in 2019. Um, so they, they, you know, they have some young talent. They, you know, they, um, and they're, they seem to be much improved defensively in terms of, you know, allowing shots on goal and things like that. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a couple of things that haven't panned out quite as well as, as people would have expected. I think, um, Mika Zabanajad, who's their number one center, had, had the, the coronavirus, had COVID-19. Um, and missed all of training camp just about came in the last maybe day or two um, and you know hasn't hasn't produced points um, the way you would have expected him to although he has looked better in the last couple games uh, in terms of you know just the chances that he's generating and stuff and so you you assume that those points will come the goaltending hasn't been top quite top shelf uh, as you might have expected it to be it's been Ordinary, maybe decent, you know, possibly in the borderline of good, but not stellar. Um, they have not been able to hold on to leads. Uh, I think they've, you know, it's been five games in a row now where they've blown a lead, a um, bunch of those in the third period, and they've lost, I believe, four of those games. So, uh, you know, uh, one in two in overtime, uh, or no, one in overtime, one in the shootout. Right. So, um, you know, things aren't working out. I mean, the, the thing is, it's it's 2-4-2, two, and two, so what is that, eight games in? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not it's not a large sample size, but, uh, you know, you, you know what what happened today was they, you know, they, 
they put uh, Tony D'Angelo, yeah. uh, defenseman Tony D'Angelo, on waivers, which speaks to, you know, something probably, you know, maybe there's something not right in that locker room. And, and we'll see, you know, if this makes a difference and if, and if, if it somehow it sparks the team and the team is better after this this has been done. But, uh, but yeah, something's been off a little bit because, you know, they've played well enough to win and they haven't won as, as many games as you'd have expected them to. I think, you know, one of the things that, that I find is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see throughout the league, and I, and I can, you know, speak for the same perspective as an Islander fan, is the way this season, the two components of this season, 56 games as opposed to 82, and then you're playing within your division. You're playing your, right. you know, your team's eight yep. times. So it's, you're really going to be, there's going to be a lot of seeing the same teams multiple times. And, and you know, you, you don't really have an easy night. I guess that's what I'm really coming down to. With our particular division, there's really no, you can sit back and just, oh, just cruise control. So that, I think, is going to factor into both the Islanders and the Rangers as the season goes on. How, how do you foresee that shaking out, you know, having play the Flyers, the, the Capitals, the Islanders, the Devils, the Buffalo Sabres, you know, this many times? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think it's going to make for uh, a really exciting race. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that this division that the Islanders and Rangers are in, the East Division, is the is the toughest division in the league, Without at least question, you know based yeah. on last season and um, you know how many teams you know six out of the eight teams in, in the East Division made it to the 2014 uh, NHL restart, right? I mean that's the most of any division. Uh, you look at the Canada Division; they only have seven teams, so mm-hmm. four out of those seven teams are going to make the playoffs. Um, so you know this this is the toughest division. Um, top to bottom. Now, there are other divisions that have really good teams in it. Uh, you know, Colorado is a very good team. Uh, that division, um, you know, with Vegas in it as well, I mean, that's very top-heavy, though. I mean, they've got yeah. really bad teams in that division, too. But but the East Division, you know, there's, there's a genuine sort of um, uh, doubt as to which four teams are going to be in the playoffs when all is said and done. I yeah. think, you know, if you look at the West, you can, you, you know, probably you can, you can guess four out, you know, three out of the four teams or, you know, you, you can come pretty close um, at picking the four teams. But if somebody were to ask you, and, and, and Andrew Gross uh, in his podcast asked me the other day to pick, you know, which four teams I thought. And I, and I really, I you know, I, I have a hard time doing it because yeah. I think yeah. there's not that much so to, to separate um, the teams, uh, even the two teams that didn't make that that restart, which would be Buffalo and New Jersey, um, are much improved over last season. Yeah. Uh, and they, you know, let's not forget too, they got an additional uh, an early week, right? So they started the training camp uh, maybe a week earlier, and maybe they were better poised to, to start off uh, fast. Uh, you know, when the season started. So, you know, they're going to take points off people, and and everybody's going to beat everybody up. Um, yeah. So, you know, while you're you're looking at, you know, the Rangers, okay, today are in last place in the division, and the Islanders, you know, the Islanders are playing right now, but uh, they're they were in you know one point above and second to last. Um, 
you know, and you look at, okay, they're this many points behind or whatever. Those teams above you are playing each other. Yeah, <laughs> they're that's taking exactly points it. off each other. Exactly. And so I think what it's going to do is it's going to, it's going to keep the intrigue going for a long, long time. It's going to be, it's going to be really, really, really deep into the season and very close to the end before you figure out, you know, yeah. who the, the, the teams to beat are going to be. Well, let's look, yeah. looking at the team and you talked about Alexis Lafreniere in the beginning, uh, Few minutes uh, of our conversation. To me, I, I I see so much talent in this kid, and but what I I I just make an immediate reference to or a reference point is to me the first seven or eight games of his career look eerily similar to someone who had the same problem last year in Jack Hughes in New Jersey that struggled so mightily to start his career. I mean. It, it does it really show the, the 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 absolute pressure of being the number one pick in the draft? Is it just that, or is it just maybe as a typical rookie he may just be squeezing that stick too hard, or or something something about his game just isn't coming to the surface? I know he's improved a lot in the last couple, but does it look from your vantage point that you know he's having that that you know number one pick uh, itis, if you will? Oh yeah, no, that's an interesting thought. Um, no, I, I don't think, you know, they're different players as, as, you know, every, that's true. Sort of, sure, there's a, you know, every year you have somebody that gets picked first overall and, um, this year it was, uh, Lafreniere and last year it was Jack Hughes, uh, but they're, they're very different, you know, Jack Hughes, and if you see, you know, I don't know if you saw, if you've seen the Devils yet this season, no, if you I see haven't. Jack Hughes now, he's a different guy oh, than he was last year, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, I don't know how much weight he's gained. Uh, but he is a big, you know, much bigger body now, and, and he's, uh, he's, he's, he's legit. Like, he's a man now, and, and he wasn't that last year. He was a, you know, last season, he was, a, he was a kid, you know, he was a boy playing with the men, you know, and, and he was gifted, and so, you know, he had to be here and all that. They weren't, you know, there was nowhere else for him to go. They weren't going to send him to the minor leagues or anything like that. So he, he played the whole season in the NHL, but he, he wasn't ready. Like physically, he wasn't ready. His body wasn't ready. Now you look at him; he's a different, different kid. Now, so the difference with, between uh, Jack Hughes of last season and Lafreniere of this season is, you know, you look at Lafreniere's body. I mean, that that he's, kid's ready. Yeah. He's got a he's got a man's body. He's he's ready to go. Um, and, and he just looks a lot older in his face than did Jack Hughes last year. So I think Lafreniere was is is better positioned to have first season success than Jack Hughes. And that's going to be different, obviously, for you know, for every year and, and every number one overall pick. I think Hughes was just one of those kids that was just, you know, I mean, he really looked like he, he's probably about 14 or 15 years old rather than 18. Yeah. Um, and But, you know, you, they picked him because, you know, the skill that this kid has, you know what he's going to be down the road. And, and you know, in, in year two, you're already seeing that. Um, but, no, I mean, I just think, you, you know, if you watched you know, having seen all of uh, the Rangers games, um, Lafreniere hasn't been overmatched or anything like that. I and mean, he's had quite a few chances that didn't go in. And, you know, uh, he's, he's made some solid plays. He goes to the net. He, you know, he doesn't make too many mistakes out there. I mean, he's, you know, he plays a solid game. And I think that, you know, he was calm enough to understand that there was no need to press. And, and whether he got his first goal in Game 7 which he did, um, you know, whether he got it in game one or game seven or game 20, he was going to get it. And mm-hmm. so somehow he, you know, he was able to kind of be calm 
And now the thing is, now that it's, you know, now that he's gotten it, you know, now that now that you would you would think the Rangers and and the NHL uh, would assume that you know he's going to get a few more after this. So uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't I think it's a pretty know, safe and, bet. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's getting you know because if you looked at it too, he started the season on the third line with the Rangers, and before the first game was over, he's playing on the second line. Uh, and then he played two more games on the second line, and, and then by game four he was on the first line. So even though he didn't have uh, points, he, he didn't have a goal, he didn't have an assist, he still was doing enough things that the coach mm-hmm. felt like he should go higher than where he was. So, you know, if you, if you watch the team every day, and I know you guys don't. Uh, we watch enough. It, we, we do. No, no, no. But, but you know, if you watch the team every day, you see the little stuff. and. Yep, and um, no, no. you know he, he was doing a lot of little stuff that you know you could say, all right, he's playing well. Like you know, with with Koppel Kako last year, um, this was a kid who he also had a man's body, and and yep. he also seemed more ready to play in the NHL than than Jack Hughes. Uh, it didn't go quite as well for him. Um, he struggled a little bit. You know, of course, he was playing off continent and in a foreign country, and you know, of course. You know, English as a second language. All of those things, you know, hold true for Lafreniere as well. But it's it's a lot different coming to to New York from, you know, from Montreal than it is you know coming here from from Finland. So, you know, it's just it's just different stuff. But no, I I don't think they ever had any concerns or worries about Lafreniere. I think they all felt like you know everyone in the organization felt like this kid's going to be okay. Let's just sort of let him be and. And I think uh, you know he got a goal. He, he finished it really nicely. Yes, that was, um, that was very nice. And I think he's gonna he's gonna do well. With it being just eight games, I mean it's a small sample size. I mean everybody's. I, I think the, the the interesting thing about a fifty-six game season is everybody's just totally amplifying and magnifying the uh, you know as each game passes. So we're only eight games in, but what? Just kind of summarize what things have been positive surprises to you, and what things have you kind of been like, oh wow, I didn't expect that to that that to be happening. Well, so the biggest, I don't know, it's not as much of a surprise to me, but um, maybe it's better than even I imagined it would be. Has been Keandre Miller, no, it's just gonna tell um, yep. who who has been, you know, he's. He is. Uh, he was a first-round pick. They had three first-round picks in 2018. That was the year of the rebuild. Um, you know, the Rangers did this this great thing, and you know, it was a stroke of genius, really, to to announce to the fans publicly that you're rebuilding. Which, you know, I don't know that that had been done before. I don't know anybody had sent yeah. out a letter to the season ticket holders to say, "Hey, listen, we're, we, you know, we've had a lot of good years, but now we have to rebuild. Just just hang hang with us." Uh, you know, teams do that. You know, you you always have to do that, particularly in salary cap leagues. Um, you're going to have to do that at some point. At some point, you can't just keep trading your first-round pick every year. Um, they went a long time without having a first-round pick because every year they traded it to get it get a different guy. And at some point, they had to stop and they had to rebuild, start start again. And you know, and I think they did a really good thing, and fans really appreciated that fact that they announced it. You know, they put it in writing and said, "Listen, this is what we're going to have to do, and it's going to be painful. We're going to have to." move some veterans that have, you know, played good for us and, you know, you've gotten to know and love and we're going to have to move them on and we're going to have to start again. Well, guess what? They did and and they've 
they've done a really good job with it, I believe. You know, they, they yeah. stockpile draft picks and, and young players and, and probably, you know, about, so the, the letter was in February of 2018, so that's gonna be three years now. And they started maybe with two years of pain, and then last year they started to build. You know, they started to trade off some of the assets, some of the draft picks that they had collected, they started to actually trade to get back players who could, you know, help immediately. One of those being Adam Fox, right. who of oh. course, as we know, is, is, you know, a Long Island guy from Jericho. Um, he was really, you know, to me, I think that's where the, the build part of the rebuild started because that was the first, you know, deal they made where they traded picks and they traded, I think, what, what ultimately I believe was two second round picks is what it was, um, to Carolina to get Adam Fox. And that was really where the build part of it is. And after that, then, you know, they, they traded for Jacob Truba and then they signed in Artemi Panera and then they got lucky with winning the lottery and, and getting Kapokako and, um, so, you know, the, the, the build started to accelerate at that point. Um, but now you look at them and they're in a, a really enviable position. They've, they've got, you know, there's two guys on a team right now, uh, that are, that are over 30 years old. Um, they're, you know, they're both defensemen, Brandon Smith, yeah. uh, and Jack Johnson. Yeah. And then they also signed, uh, Anthony Batetto is another Long Island guy from Island Park, and uh, he's 30, so he's not over 30, but he's 30. Um, so those are the three guys, and, and Keith Kincaid, another Long Island guy, is on their uh, their taxi squad. He's taking all these Long Island kids. I don't know what is the story. <laughs> well, you know, Batetto is a Ranger fan. Grew up. Kincaid yeah, no, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm well aware of his exploits. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, but the, the point being, you know, like they, they're in a good position now where. They got a lot of young guys, and um, and they got more coming. And so now, at this point, they almost have too many prospects. You know what I mean? Like, and where are you going to? You can't sit them all, and they they can't all play for you. So at some point, you're going to have to start, you know, trading some of them off to get you know guys in their late twenties that that can help you today. Um, so it's a good spot for them to be in. Uh, you know, this season with the you know you talked about it with the in division only and 56 games uh, and top four teams in division making it. There's no assurance they're going to make the playoffs this year, but I think they'll compete for a spot. Um, and and we'll see where they go, but I think they're really set up, you know, to, to be good for a sustained period of time. Yeah, right. yeah, you were talking about, I was just going to bring up Kondre Miller. I mean, I know he came from the, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of great kids coming out of the U.S. development team over the last few years, and he was one of them. And then played two years at Wisconsin before signing his pro contract. To me, I, he's been one of the, uh, I think, one of the really nice surprises because to me, he's he is so uh, coming out of that program. Most of those kids at the U.S. developmental group come out and when they when they hit the NHL, they're so composed. They're so it's such a seamless transition. It's like they've been playing in the NHL for five years, and they're and they're such a young player. And he just. To me, he just fits in to a T. I mean, between him and, you, as you said, Adam Fox, you know, yeah, the, the, the defense on this team, it, it, to me, this is a cornerstone. I mean, you, these are two guys that if you keep them healthy and you keep them going, they're, they're, they're a part of your, your, the number one, your number one blue line for the next ten years. Yeah, I mean, and it, it was clear, too, you know, I, mean, I started covering the Rangers, like, literally right after the letter, right? So I've been, I've been here... 
um, I've been watching them just about since the rebuild starts, since mm-hmm. the teardown part of it started, and I've you know I've, I've really kind of um, kind of stepped in at a good time to see to see it all come together, and it was clear that they really targeted defense in the rebuild. I mean the the that 2018 draft, I told you they had three first-round picks. They went into that with three first-round picks, two second-round picks, and two third-round picks, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and they, you know, with their three first-round picks, they took a, a goal scorer and two defensemen, um, and they they just kept drafting defensemen, and they they kept they took a, a you know a goalie in the second round, even though they still had Lundqvist at the time, and they had Shesterkin, who was playing in Russia, and they knew was going to come over at some point. You know, so they've, they've, they've really kind of, you know, identified the fact that, okay, we want to have, you know, like goalies and defensemen are commodities, and they've really kind of stockpiled as many of those as they could, and they've kept drafting defensemen. I mean, they have Matthew Robertson that they drafted, and, you know, so they, they've, you know, they've kept drafting defensemen, and they've, they've stockpiled a lot of defensemen. And right now, you know, people have said, well, they're a little thin. They could use a left-side defenseman. And okay, yeah, maybe. Maybe this year. But uh, they've got a couple kids down on the farm or in the system um, that are that are ready to step in, um, you know, imminently. Uh, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons why I say that, you know, they are uh, quite so well-positioned. Uh, for long-term success, but you know, to get back to the original, to the question you asked me a few minutes ago, was beyond uh, beyond Miller. I mean, I get like I got so wrapped up talking about him. Um, you know, other things. You know, Miller's been probably the, the nicest surprise, if you will, and and then to talk about on the on the the other end of it, you know, uh, the, the goaltending has been, you know, the one thing that that I'd have to say is, you know, I don't say concerning because it's it's only eight games yeah. in, but it, it needs to. It needs to kind of raise to another level, and we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see if that can happen. I mean, uh, Igor Shesterkin uh, struggled, as you know, in that first game against the Islanders, um, and and really has been ordinary. He's given up some bad goals, but he won his last start. Um, we all thought that David Quinn would would you know ride that and come back with him. Um, you know, Saturday against the, the Penguins, and he didn't. He went with Alex Georgiev, the other goalie. And then, uh, but you know, he said he's going to alternate goalies, so we we anticipate that Shesterkin will play on Monday, um, and, and we'll see if he can kind of you know find himself and find his game and, and and get to where everybody expects him to be. Well, I think, like I said, I think throughout the course of the season, I th- you're going to have your ebbs and your and your you know your flows as as. You know, as guys get their legs under them, you know what I mean? Because you had that long break. You know, you had the, t- the tournament, then you had the long break, and then we had a very brief camp with really, uh, you know, little exhibition involved. In fact, I think it was just scrimmages, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there were no preseason games. Right, no. right. So what it, do you I, – do I don't see the Rangers having problems scoring goals. It was interesting because I read an article when we – when you were going to come on, when you got the assignment, uh, the game, the, the preseason, I had read an article earlier that day, and you know, armchair, I, you know, you love armchair sports writers slash GMs, but you know, this was a, a Ranger fan who was you know pining on the fact that the Rangers absolutely had to get um, Dubois somehow, and even if it <laughs> meant up giving, you know, even if it meant giving up, you know, Kako or somebody, somebody like that. 
because the Rangers were going to have trouble scoring goals. And and I was kind of shaking my head and scratching my head at that because I, I didn't think the Rangers' problems, you know, was going to be scoring goals. I thought the defense would have to solidify, you know, in front of the good – because I, I felt the Rangers were really going to have goaltending that was going to steal games. And I didn't think, you know, goal scoring was going to be the problem. So what is what is your thought to kind of circle back with that? My question, I got off track here. Well, no, so so yes, yeah, so that's that that would have been what you would have expected, right? But um, the it's been I don't want to say the opposite or the reverse, but but it, it hasn't panned out quite that that way. But again, you know, you make the point we're eight games in and we didn't have a preseason and and we only had you know a ten day training camp of which three days were you know one day was a was a testing day and two days were off days. So really, they were on ice for seven days. And before they played that first game, so I thought that you know, and I and I talked to Andrew Gross about this on his podcast. Um, I thought that the Islanders and Rangers were well positioned, you know, given those circumstances because they 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 weren't bringing in a new coach. They didn't you know they didn't have a lot of new players coming in. I mean, eighteen. I think the Rangers have eighteen players back from from the roster that ended last season, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, of the twenty-two players who started this season, eighteen were returners and. Um, and the Islanders were the same. The Islanders had 18 players back from last season. So that's a lot. You know, your whole core is back for the most part. Um, and, and the coaching staffs. So there's continuity there. So you, you would have figured, and especially with the Islanders, you know, their lines were set. Um, there was only one line that, <laughs> that we didn't know who was going to be on it, yeah, yeah. uh, with them. So with the Rangers, um, you know, there were some, you know, some questions as to, okay, where's this guy going to fit? Where's Lafreniere going to play? Where's he, where's Kako going to play? Um, but basically you had 18 guys back out of, out of, you know, of your 22, 18 were coming back. So I figured that they would, both teams would, would start off a little bit, uh, stronger than they have to this point. But, you know, we, we all, we've all written that, Oh, it's 56 games, it's a sprint, it's not a marathon. <laughs> and that may very well be true, but you still can't, you know, lose your mind. You still have to learn things about your team, right? I mean, you still have to, you know, the new guys, you still have to see if they can play. You still have to see who they fit best with um, and things like that. So, I mean, you're still sort of feeling your way out here in these first eight, ten games. And then, you know, we'll see where you go. Now, the, the trick is, you know, there are real points being awarded here, and, and you can't fall too, too far behind. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, you, you got to get some points to kind of stay in it. Um, but, yeah, no, you're going you're gonna to need a little bit before you figure some stuff out. The Rangers have had an injury, um, a significant injury. Uh, Philip Hedo, who was probably their right. best, certainly their best center, uh, in the first, I don't know, four or five games that he played, and then he, you know, he got injured last week in Pittsburgh, and is is, is out for four to six weeks, and, and oh, you know, really? it's a real shame. Wow. I didn't yeah, know. Oh, yeah, I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, yeah, it's a real shame though, because he's he's 21, and it's a big year for him, and they, you know, they want to see if he could be the the second line center, and um, and he and he had started off great, and and you know, he was teaming with Kako when the two of them were making beautiful music together, and. And so now it's you know that's that's on hold a little bit and 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 we'll see you know how they get by without him for those four to six weeks and and we'll see what he is when he comes back you know but that's going to happen I mean it's just that's that's 
part of it's normal. In, in any season, you're going to have injuries, and it's how you know how do you navigate you know the season yeah. you know with you know with those injuries. And add COVID to the mix, and and it's and really going to mix, yeah, yeah, it's going to make things very very interesting in the long term. Well, listen, uh, Colin, we appreciate you uh, you joining us for a little while. We you know we got off pace, and by the way, the Islander game is in overtime. It's three three. So, um, oh, so they got a point then. They did get a point. Yeah, Barzell uh, scored late in the third to make it three three. So. Uh, yeah. Hopefully things will go better for us. Well, listen, we appreciate the few minutes. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, joining on, and uh, again, uh, have fun uh, covering. You know, I, it's, it's very interesting covering uh, a hockey team during this time, and uh, you know, try to try to make the most out of it. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's, it's fun too to have uh, all these Long Island guys on the roster. You know, Potato's going <laughs> to start tomorrow against uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, so that'll be two Long Island guys uh, in the lineup. Yeah, is, rub it in. Which is always good for the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Colin, we appreciate you joining us on WGB Sports Talk New York, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. All right, Thank take you. care. All right, bye. Bye, bye. All right, how to put that Long Island rub in? Yeah, on that, you know, that's okay. So uh, we, we'll come back. We'll, uh, if you want, give us a call to the station, 516-623-1240 is the number. Uh, let's talk aisles. Let's talk anything else you want to talk about in the New York sports. The Super Bowl coming soon. Gary and John, we're back with you after the break. You're listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. Okay, Gary and John back with you on WGBB Sports Talk New York for our last segment. Uh, we are, again, uh, talking live about the Islanders. It's in overtime. It's 3-3, three to three, a minute left. Um, if you want to give us a... Uh, a call into the show. Number you can reach us here is 516-623-1240. Again, 516-623-1240. They just called the penalty on the Islanders with a minute 20 left. What else is new? Oh, boy. Uh, it looks like it was a high stick, too. I think. Yeah, but anyway, that's what it is. But, uh, again, great insight from uh, from Colin. Yeah, um, great, great You know, insight. like I said, um, you know, as we talked, you know, on the, on the car right back, you know, the Rangers are a team that, have a lot of incredible, like I said, a lot of incredible talent. You know, I mean, uh, oh, by the way, it was Barzell with another penalty. He's had two penalties tonight, by the way. Leading the team in penalties. That's not what you want. He scored a goal, but, you know, penalties. Anyhow, um, you know, it's interesting how, you know, I, I keep forgetting that I thought Zabinjad had another injury. I forgot it was COVID that, that knocked him out. You know, before the season and that's, started, and that's he's only got two points. Again, he's only got two points in eight games. He's you know, uh, he's been struggling. Um, but you know, when he gets going, you know, the team gets going. Right, and and he's he, you know, COVID is that's what it does to you. I mean, it's going to take him a little bit to get his yeah. wind and everything. But it's else. interesting I mean, you see how the teams that have had COVID trouble are playing so well. 
Dallas is four and one. The Panthers were four zero and one before tonight, and they were they were leading Detroit two to one early when we were driving into the oh, studio. That's right. yeah. They won three to two, so they're five zero and one. You know, it's it's amazing how the teams that have struggled, you know, with um, you know, with the COVID, they're they're playing they're playing so well. You know, it's just it, it's an incredible testament. Um, you know, the one team that I thought was really going to surprised because of their youth in that. I thought Ottawa would have for whatever reason I thought they would have a good uh, good good start of their year. Uh, they're one six and one and they're playing Edmonton they're in Edmonton right now, ten minutes into the game and they're down four to one. Oh boy. Yeah. And and none of those goals were by uh, by by Connor McDavid. And and John, I, I told you in the car, he had a Connor McDavid had a reel-to-reel, ice-to-ice, deke everybody out of their jock goal last night in Toronto. That just it blew blew me out of my mind as to how good it was. Um, you know, so there's been some there's been some nice stories. You know, McDavid, both McDavid and uh, Dryside up, and Philadelphia just won in overtime on a, power, on a play. power play. On a power play, Kevin Hayes, the former Ranger, did did the job. So now the Islanders' losing streak has now hit five games. Yep. So Islander fans, let's talk. So if you're uh, you're on uh, you're on your way uh, you're not on your way home from the game, but you just turned your you just turned MSG Plus off like I just did, um, and you want to talk about the game. I know uh, Paul, if you're listening, uh, you are more than welcome to uh, give your uh, thoughts. I know. Uh, Paul Kreischer, who is the voice of Isles Talk, had a, um, I guess, a moan and groan session, you know, with uh, people on on Facebook Live, and uh, that's probably him calling now. But <laughs> you know, uh, it's you know, Barry Trot said, you know, as we listened to on the way in to the studio, you know, you got, you know, hopefully, you know, three game homestand. Now they got a chance to, you know, maybe uh, get some home cooking and, you know. Maybe uh, fix the error of their ways, but you know, as Islander fans right now, it's not a, it's not happy time. And uh, yes, our buddy Paul is uh, joining uh, the show. Uh, um, good luck tomorrow in the uh, two plus feet that you're going to get. Yeah, and I'm I'm sending yes. I'm sending a truckload of uh, popsicles, by the way, in case you you know. Thanks, son. It, the truck's never going to get here, by the way. <laughs> no, no, I sent it before. It's going to get there before midnight. Just so you got them oh, okay. stockpiled, because I know you're going to need them for the next few days. Yes, I probably will. Now, uh, my, my first ice fort can uh, definitely be built tonight, that's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I was I was obviously glancing through the MSG Go app as we were on the show, but uh, just give us a quick uh, little uh, synopsis of what happened. Uh, it looks like, you know, when it comes to Sorokin, he kind of reminds me of Yao Halak in the Doug Waite system. <laughs> I mean, this this poor kid's just not getting any help, and the Islanders finally showed up in the third period. Um, you know, everyone's waiting for that complete game, or at least, you know, more than one one period, but, you know, this kid can't get a break. And Matt Barzell, again, taking Matt Barzell penalties, scratching your heads, and, you know, it's it's a typical Islander season right now. He tied the game and lost the game all in one, one fell swoop. Yeah. But uh, yeah, at, least, um, at least Claire will be happy because Josh got his first. 
Yeah, he was due. You know, he he normally would score his first goal, you know, somewhere between seven and twelve games in. That's just part of his averages and whatnot. So I I really wasn't too concerned about Josh, but you know, yeah. Well, I'm like a lot of fans so far this year. I, I I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, you have to be. You know, you know, you had uh, you had your gripe session. What was uh, coming from the people that were watching on Facebook Live the other day? What was what was the most common well, th- thread? The the common thread with the negativity is, is this, and, and honestly, I, I got to go along with them. They expected this team to be, let's say, for example, five two and two, or even go five three and one, not three four and two. It, it's they went to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, granted, th- three months off, but they had a tr- they had a great start, and honestly. A lot of the fans are upset that they're not looking like the team they were last year. And it's the exact same team. They're looking for the motivation out of the team. Where is it? So it's not so much that, you know, they want to sell the team or this team's horrible or whatnot. You know, those, those are your negative people. But it's like, where are the Islanders? Where are they? Are they ever going to show up this year? And to be, you know, quite truthful... I'm kind of in their corner. Yeah. yeah. I, they're not wrong. There's not one real game that I've been really happy with. Even even I game one. A complete game. Even game huh? one. Yeah. You know, even game one with the shutout, there was things there was things I was watching that I did just did not expect. And, you know, I mean, again, I, I've only been, you know, glancing from the side of my you know, my left side as I'm looking at the, you know, but it just, it, there just doesn't seem to be, I don't, I don't want to call it, you know, desperate or, or, you know, but there, there just doesn't seem to be a theme for an entire period. You know, yeah, they play, they play good in spurts, but it's just like, you don't, you know, you don't go to the start of a period and the end of the period and, and have the same feelings that we were, we were having in the bubble. Even if they, you know, gave up a couple of goals in the period in the bubble, you expected the effort, and there's been some time yeah. where they just they just take stretches off mentally. Yeah. And the, the the other part with the negativity, and they're correct on this. You and I and John, we talk about this all the time about the Islanders being the underdog, and that's how the Islanders prefer it. You know, when we talk about that over and over and over, we know you know we're kind of used to it, and you know because we're expecting that comeback. There are fans right now that don't want to be an underdog anymore. If if the Islanders are favored to win the division or even make the playoffs, start doing it. Right. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where the major frustration of the Islander fans are. Can you please just play a full season, whether it's 56 or 82, stop raising our blood pressures and drive us to drink, and play the system you're supposed to play so that way we can welcome the playoffs with less stress? Right. It's called raising their expectations. Why can't we expect the Islanders to finish first or second from beginning to end? Why does it always have to be complacency or average is the normal? I think fans are really getting tired of that. They're getting tired of being called an underdog. Well, and, you and, know, well, here's the thing that kind of ticked me off a little bit, too, was the other day on NHL, whatever the heck that's the show is during the day, 
They were already talking about the Islanders not making the playoffs. And I was like, wait a second, we're seven games into the season and you're already, like, burying them? Well, if the effort continues... Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I you know, I get yeah. it. No, John, I, I agree with you. And I, I, I said this before uh, uh, on my show. It has to be one team by game, say, 50 or 52 to be absolutely horrible, a.k.a. hopefully the Rangers, <laughs> completely miss the playoffs. Other than that, every other team is going to be in this playoff hunt for the entire season. There's just not enough games to spread everything around, you know, to, to have like a complete, you know, one, two, uh, you know, and like that big separation, the big spread. There right. isn't going to be a big spread, no. especially when we're playing everybody eight times. Every, you know, it's a cliche statement, but every game is a four-point game. Yeah. You know, and, yes. you know, I, 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 I say it in defense, and I'm not really saying it as a, as a, as an excuse or a scapegoat or anything like that. But, you know, I'm just, in a sense, I'm kind of not glad, but, but at least I'm, and I said it in the car, John, what did I say? At least it's not April. They're doing this in April. And I agree. All you can hope is that, you know, I agree. You, you have, you know, people I, that I know on Facebook that are, you know, that are very, you know, they try to keep everything positive. You, you know, you have to keep, you have to trust the people in charge. And you know, you know, that they're, you know, that, that Barry's going to do whatever he needs to do to motivate and get these guys going in the right direction. You know, it, yes, it's a flip on the screen. Yeah. It's a bad flip on the screen. But you have to trust who you've got there. Yeah, but I, I, again... I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to side with that kind of positivity. We shouldn't have to be at this point anymore. No, you're right. No, I'm no, not no, saying. No. I'm not yeah. saying. I'm not saying. Oh, no, I'm saying yeah, I, yeah. I'm not arguing with you guys. I'm just saying that point is two is now two years old. Trust in Barry. Trust in Lou. That's two years old. We yep. trust them. Yep. We do. We trust them. Well, what are the players doing? Right. Where Where is the Disconnect here. Yeah, I mean, you know, Andrew said. Andrew said the other day after the after the first flyer game. You know, we heard what Barry said. But yeah, but you know, you can always you know you can always hear something you know, but it just goes in and out of your you know out of your ears. Sure. You know, and I'm still holding on to my grape of three years now. We still don't have a third line. We technically don't have a second line when you put Komarov on the second line. Yeah. Like, you know. I, at this point, I'm just sitting back and watching. It's hockey. It's better than nothing. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But if you're an Islander fan, you have a right to be disappointed and negative at least through the first seven, eight games that we've been watching. Thank God for Semyon Varlamov. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's for sure. You know, I mean... I love the kids. Let's, go, let, let's put this on a positive spin. I love the kids. I love Dobson. I love Bellows. I love what Wallstrom's been doing. I bet. I, I, the kids. The how many kids times? How many times I say Noah was going to be due this season? Yeah. Yep. That, that at the last twenty games, that you could see that you know the light bulbs were going on in this kid's head. And, Absolutely. And Andy Green has done a, a, an incredible job, you know, taking the reins from Johnny Boychuk with him and working with him and getting his mindset going. 
and you knew, you know, the kid had the pedigree in junior hockey that you knew he was going to be special, and you could see that it's coming out. I mean, I love these second-year defensemen. I mean, you know, between, you know, between Dobson and, and, and Quinn Hughes is just like going stratosphere with what yeah. he's doing in Vancouver. You know, I, I just love seeing those, those stories. You know, I love seeing how these kids can go. And, and you know, I don't know if you heard us talk to, to Colin Stevenson. The same thing. I mean, Keandre Miller has been a godsend for the Rangers. Yes. He yes. Is, no, he I've, seen, I've seen a couple of those games. I, I'm very impressed with his game so far. Yeah, I mean, any I, to me, any kid that's coming out of that U.S. developmental program, if, if, they, if they come out the right way, they're... they're they they look like they're five year veterans. They look like they're five yeah. year veterans, you know, playing yeah. with, with ten years experience, ten games experience. Yeah, it's absolutely. Uh, now again, we're also missing Bovillier as well. That seems to be a factor. Yeah. Uh, I do. I certainly miss his speed, and I, you know, we're going to miss his scoring too. But you know, at some point, beyond ten by beyond game ten or beyond game fifteen, I really want to see a structured. Islander team. I want to know who's on the first, second, third, and fourth line, and don't run anybody else unless there's injuries. Yep. Let me see who the New York Islanders really are, and we go from there. Do you think um, Matt Barzell has any chance of breaking uh, the Islander record for penalty minutes in a season? <laughs> no comment? Can I add one word to that? <laughs> what? Can we add stupid penalty minutes? Stupid yeah. penalty minutes yeah. in the season? Yes, absolutely. I don't mind. What, I don't necessarily yeah. mind at the end of a game if you're pissed off or whatever, and you know you get a you know you chew on a referee or whatever. You know, and yeah. also you can say it's a sign of immaturity. Yeah, but you know, in the past, in the in the heat of passion and whatever, I can see that. But but yeah, these penalties are just ridiculous. And you know what? He, he did have does that. does uh, does Barry make a statement with us? Should he? No, you can't afford to. You can't afford to. Okay. Well, not necessarily. I'm not. I'm not saying bench him a game. I'm not saying bench him. But I'm saying you know you do some kind of something else. There's other ways to. Oh sure. Why not? Make a statement. Yeah. He did have one penalty. I know you guys were doing your show. Kevin Hayes was on the verge of a um, of um, breakaway off a Barzell turnover. Go figure! And Barzell, you know, hooked him or whatnot and got the penalty. That's a smart penalty. That's no, smart. agreed. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with that. But but yeah. No, but, but the penalty he took the penalty he took on the oh, overtime. I saw that it. Was dumb. I did see it. Yeah, it was horrible. It was yeah, absolutely it was horrible. Dumb. So no, I, I I agree. Something needs to be done with Matt Barzell. I don't know what he wants. What what you know? Again, who are the New York Islanders? Why are the kids doing better than the vets? Well, that's just it. It's you just know? not. It's just there's no there's no consistency. Yeah, and this is where the negativity is coming from. Why aren't we seeing consistency from a team that is so? Structurally sound. Yep. And it's like the you know, it's like and again, go ahead. No, I'm just saying the wheels are falling off, and in some aspects. Yeah, yeah, and th- that's where the negativity is. So it's it, it's not you know we don't it's not like we don't trust Lou or we don't trust Barry. We do trust them at that point, but that, that it's getting old. 
it's it, it's time to win now. You re-signed all the players that you were supposed to. You got some young guys coming in right now. You got probably the one of the best coaches in the NHL. Forget about being complacent. Forget about trusting the system. Go out and win. Now, granted, again, in defense of the Islanders, their first 20 games two years ago, they went like, what, 10, 8, and 2? They basically played 500 for the first 20 games. No, we, we, had, we had a 17, great season. Wait a minute, we had a 17-game unbeaten streak. That was no, last, I said two years ago. Oh, two years, I'm sorry. Myself. Sorry, my bad. Ah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> no, I'm, reading, come, I'm reading yeah. my screens, Paul, sorry. No, sorry. That's okay. no, that's okay, but at the same time, the Islanders still had a great season. We went on to the second round of the playoffs. Right. But we're in a shortened season. There, there's got to be some urgency. Yeah. Urgency is isn't. the right word. That's that's necessary right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's no urgency with these guys. There isn't the younger guys. The younger guys are trying to win their jobs. I just don't see any urgency out of this club. It's, and don't worry about Sorokin. Sorokin will be fine. I have no one problem Sorokin. with it. I'm so, I, I, I mean, yep. that, that one save in the first period when he was basically on his belly and he just lifted his glove up, I think it was when the Flyers had the power play. Oh, so, yes. oh my God. You see, oh, did you see the second play? Did you see the second save in the, in the third? I, no, I wasn't watching all of oh it. Oh, my God. Oh my, Gary? I'll Game watch the replay. I'll watch the replay when I get it. Oh, on. yeah. Drew, I think it was Giroux. Giroux had... Uh, the left side of the net completely open. And, again, it was uh, a left-to-right move by Sorokin, and he just robbed him. And it was like, Sorokin, take your bow. That's two take your bows in one game. Oh, phenomenal. He's getting the timing down, but, you know, not there yet. And I said this on my show before. Once he understands English better, his whole game's going to get better. So, but, again, it looks like Sorokin's playing in a Doug Wade system. What are these guys doing? <laughs> we thought we got. And he's looking like Yara Halak. He really is. He's he when the puck hits off his pads, they're bouncing off his pads. And I'm like, this is Yara Halak. Right now, this is what I'm watching. Is that a goal? Is that a is that a thing that the you know the goalie coaches should be working on or? No, that's a system problem. I don't see any block shots. I don't see any of the players coming to his aid. I, I'm not seeing any team defense here. And again, we're going to go back to that word urgency. Where is the team game? I'm not seeing it. I don't think anybody has. Yeah, it's that consistency. And, you know, when they give up goals and droves, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I think, you know, it's like that first game against the Rangers. Everybody was on that exuberant, exuberant high, you know, and it was like, oh, this is this is what we expected. And then, yeah. you know, then the the, the, the next game, the next happens. game, Mister Hyde comes out, and and we get shellacked and embarrassed. And that's the way yeah. the season has played itself out. And you know, in the last five games, we got two points. And in, in this type of environment, as you know, I was talking, we were talking to Colin before, and you really can't afford to squander points in this kind of division. No. Yeah. No. You yeah. can't. You know, you just hope that a little home cooking can, can help and, you know, get something going. And, you know, I, I, would not want to be a fly on the wall in practice tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. Well, let's let's hope they get let's hope they get home. Let's hope they get home. Uh 
if well they shut me out, they can't take a plane. I think all the plane, I think all the airports were shut down. I would rather have to take a bus. Yeah, they got a bus home or train yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. So that's gonna. That's hopefully tough. they get home. Hopefully they get yeah, home. Yeah, they'll definitely be working on their power play. That's for sure. <laughs> now, gee, isn't that something I mean, we've been saying for what the last what ten years, Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I don't. I love Ryan Pollock. I like that he's there right now, shooting in the slot. He's finally hitting the goalie, and he's not hitting the back of the, uh, you know, the back of the wall there. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But give me Oliver Wallstrom. Give me Kiefer Bellows. Give, give me a sniper. Give, I mean, the kids in. I mean, yeah, that's that's what interesting thing. You know, we heard Barry Trotz's comments before the game. You know, and he was giving nothing but praise for both both Oliver and Kiefer. But he, but you know he shook the lineup that way. I mean you know, my question is, does he shake the lineup in a different way and bring those kids back, and then somebody else? Well, yeah. Let, let let's broaden that out. I love that point. Let's broaden that out. What is Barry's agenda? What is it? Right. Yeah. You know, and this goes back to the original question: Who are the Islanders? This is what I said before. After game ten. Or game fifteen, I want to know who's on those lines permanently, and I don't want anybody moving unless there's injuries or unless they're that tired. I get it; it's a condensed schedule. I get that, but man, if you guys, if you guys, if Barry Trotz has players determined to play to win a job to win this game, you don't take them out. Now, I don't think Timoshov and Del Cole played horrible today. Del Cole hit the post. But the post drew, drew a penalty. Yeah, I, I, you know, from what I saw, it looked like he was, he was doing all right. Timoshoff, I didn't really see much. You know, I, I can't put a sample size on it, but I mean, the few times I saw Dal Coley was involved. Yeah. And it's like, and again, why Dal Cole and not, you know, why Kamaroff and not Dal Cole? I don't know. So, really, we don't know what Barry's thought pattern is. It, it's, it's not consistency, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe this is still part of a small training camp. <laughs> Maybe he's just trying to get a feel for who's here and who's not and whatnot. Well, look. Maybe he's waiting for Bridgeport to actually start their games, and maybe he sends a couple of kids down. Who knows? Yeah. Well, look. You know, maybe uh, take it out on the snowblower tomorrow. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I may have to. I'll have plenty of snow to do it. Yeah, well, so will we. We're not. We're not going to miss out on it either. Yeah. No, you. Uh, you guys are going to watch out for the wind. Yeah, I know. I know. You guys are going to get whacked with the wind. So. Well, well, listen, Paul. We'll let you go because we're going to close the show in a minute. But we appreciate you uh, taking the time. You're always. You, you're, you know, you're always welcome. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, All man. Right, take, take care. Talk to you. All right, John. Two hours in the books. All right. Well, again, we want to thank Mike Hampton. Mike was a great guest, and I'm going to actually try to send him a text uh, when we uh, get in the car to thank him for coming on. He was he was absolutely fantastic. Um, and Colin Stevenson. Colin, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, we did. You know, hey, we talked we talked Ranger hockey. Derek would be happy for yes. us. Rob should be happy. For Rob, us. yeah, Rob should be happy. That's right, exactly. <laughs> But uh, we can't we can't always forget uh, the man behind the glass, Brian Graves, our uh, our fearless leader here. Even though he doesn't give me coffee, he doesn't get the coffee. But that's all right. That's all right. You know. That's all right. We'll uh, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. We'll work on it for next month. Uh, we're hopefully um, <laughs> our next show, I believe, will be on February twenty first, and we're looking to get a 
uh, trying to get the Islander Alumni Corner started up again. I've got a guest in the works, and uh, I may even try to get two in the works for next month. So uh, since we really didn't have much Islander talk, we have to make up for it on our next show. <laughs> but uh, so, um, again, thanks to Mike Hampton. Thanks to Colin Stevenson. Thanks to Paul Kreischer. Um, again, you want to reach out to us at WGBB Sports Talk is the Twitter handle for the show. At G Harding WGBB is my handle. At Hockey Blindside is John's handle. Um, we definitely thank you guys for listening to us over these last two hours. And um, uh, make sure you uh, make sure you check out uh, Bill Donahue was on next week for two hours on Super Bowl Talk, and he's got a. A few guests, as always, and he always does a great show. And uh, I guess uh, we can call it a call it a night. So uh, thank you, John, and uh, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk on the way home. Yeah. And uh, thank you again for joining us on WGBB Sports Talk New York. In the words of my great friend, the late Islander superfan Bill Hayes, keep skating, everybody. Good night from WGBB. expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.